Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always is Juliet, Oscar, Hotel November. Yeah! Zach, I wonder if any of our listeners know the uh, the military alphabet to know that that is spelled John. If they didn't before, I think they figured it out. Yep. How How are you doing? It's... I said earlier, before we started, it feels like it's been a long time, and you were like, hasn't it just been a week? It hasn't. It's been eight days, and a lot's happened in those eight, eight days. days. <laughs> eight days. How'd your is Super it, Bowl that, bets come through? Is that is that from some show where they go, It's it's been a week, eight days, oh, it feels like a week, or <laughs> something like that, I don't know. Maybe Not maybe some know of our of. maybe some of our listeners will, will recognize that little riff. Yeah, um, if you know it, write in. Yep. <clears throat> My Super Bowl bets went pretty well, Zach. Um, I think I told you, you know, I have this Google Doc where I just track the every time I deposit and every time I withdraw just so I have a running account. Do you remember what my Google Doc is called? Donut time or something? <laughs> it's called Donut Recipe. So so that's a pretty good job. <clears throat> yep. So the the bets. That's all to say that that was my way of that was my long winded way of saying that the bets went pretty well on Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm actually on a little bit of a heater now. Nice. And listeners, don't get too excited. This is a heater with like ten and fifteen dollar bets. So <laughs> you know, it's just for fun. Nice. Did you bet on like the streaker or the Gatorade color or anything? No like weird stuff. No, I heard that there was a streaker though. I saw some uh, Instagram reel that I'm sure was fake, where the guy was like, "Here's how my friend made a hundred grand going to the Super Bowl. Basically, he bought his ticket, he put all of his money on betting that there would be a streaker, and then and he then was he the streaker. And then he was the streaker. Nope. And it's nope. like, no, wouldn't that, work. That doesn't happen. They <laughs> that would, would never get paid out. They ever. would like disable that bet so fast and you would just be out <laughs> yeah. of money and and in jail yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no the so how'd it turn out for you what were you and shiloh rooting for you guys are big swifties right no shiloh wasn't even watching it um i was with my parents and my mom was being a swifty and my dad and i were rooting for the 49ers nice yeah i was kind of rooting for the 49ers too but I yeah. I never for one second thought that Patrick Mahomes was not going to win that football game. When it <laughs> went to over, when it was like close in the fourth quarter, and then it went to overtime, I said Patrick Mahomes versus a Kyle Shanahan coach team in the fourth quarter and overtime of the Super Bowl is like an unstoppable force versus the world's most <laughs> movable object. Like it's a foregone conclusion, and then. And then before overtime even started, Kyle Shanahan made like the worst coaching decision you can possibly make. I mean, that that is a really funny comment that you just had based on exactly what happened in overtime, which is it was just a terrible coaching decision. I mean, I don't I don't think that there's any reasonable way, like way to look at it that you should be taking the ball first in that situation. Try to explain one to me if you've been thinking this through, Zach. I know Tony Romo said it's to let the defense rest. Stupid. That is just stupid. 
like it matters. You know, you're going up against the most clutch player in the NFL, and you were probably the least clutch coach in big games. <clears throat> like your track record is atrocious in those moments. And there's like very you can point at things that happened in overtime and be like, if they had kicked off first, that wouldn't have happened. Okay, you know what's funny about this Super Bowl? What's that? Is how Taylor Swift made everyone lose their minds, like, talking about it. And here's what I mean by that. Every single person at school that I asked, teachers and kids, were either rooting rooting for the Chiefs because Taylor Swift... Or they were rooting for the 49ers because of Taylor Swift. Nobody had any inputs on the game except for like, I don't like Taylor Swift or I love Taylor Swift. So I thought that was pretty funny. It's crazy how much of an impact she had on that and has on the NFL now. And it's like, she's been famous for almost 20 years. She's dated a lot of famous guys. I cannot remember an instance where, you know, it like made or break someone's career because they were dating Taylor <laughs> Swift. It was like they were already famous and they were just still yeah. the same level of famous. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you know, you have people who have never watched football who are now like, oh, she made Travis Kelsey famous. It's like, no, he was an all pro tight end for like 10 years before he met her. What are you talking about? You know, um, how yeah. do you bring new fans to the most popular sports league in America. Like it was the most watched game ever. I believe it. Yeah. Also, yeah, it was pretty nuts. I mean, like all of all of these like fourth through seventh grade girls who have no interest in football at all are like coming into school talking about like the Chiefs versus the 49ers the week leading up to the Super Bowl and like the Monday afterwards. It is pretty wild. They go from having never seen a game in their life that fall to like, oh, yeah, but when, you know, you're facing a 21 personnel, you don't run out with a dime defense. <laughs> that would be that would be so funny. OK, but also that's not the end of the Taylor Swift craziness because my parents came over to watch the Super Bowl and um, they're big. They're big news people, man. That's like all they have going all the time is like MSNBC or CNN or, or something, which is fine. It's whatever. You know, hey, but don't you let and, and, they're not and, Fox News parents. Well, they also, well, they also, they also do check in with like Fox News just to see what like crazy people are saying. <laughs> not that, not that there's anything wrong with that either. They watch it to laugh at it. Well, they watch it and then they like get like terrified. They'll be like, "Look at what these people are saying over here. How are they? They're just terrible." Okay, so anyway, they. <laughs> Apparently, on Fox News, they're, like, running segments that it's, like, gonna this, steal the election. The, the, the Taylor Swift, the, the the NFL is rigged because the NFL wants the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl so Taylor Swift can campaign for Joe Biden. <laughs> like, that's the conspiracy theory. And I'm just like, how, how, where, where did we go wrong, Zach? <laughs> Here's the thing. I believe it's in the best financial interest of the NFL for Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team to win the Super Bowl, which also happens to be like the dynasty of the decade. You know, that 
that is good for their business. They would not care at all if that helps her campaign for Joe Biden. She yeah. already endorsed Joe Biden last election. That, why does that? These, why is that related? These, these conspiracy theories they go like a step too far. It's like, oh, the NFL is rigged to have the Chiefs like make it to the Super Bowl. Like, I could kind of see that. A lot of eyeballs on the game. Oh, it's rigged so Taylor Swift can campaign for Joe Biden. Is she even doing that? I haven't heard anything about it. Why couldn't she do that anyways? Clearly, yeah. it's not like she needed the platform. Yeah. Oh, man. Gosh, I love it. I always love talking to my parents because I get to hear just the most wild stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. I was watching the game with my dad, and somehow we got on electric cars, and he was talking about how terrible they are and how it actually burns more energy than it makes. And what you really need is hydrogen cars. Hydrogen cars are the future. All you have to do is switch over the entire gasoline infrastructure to them and find a way to make them safe and not blow up and also make it affordable to people. But other than that, you like hydrogen's the way to go. And I'm like, okay, well, call me in 40 years when they do all that. <laughs> Some of us just care about the environment, Zach. We don't want to see these gas guzzlers destroy the planet. Well, that's the crazy thing. On any other topic, I don't think he would talk about the environment. You know, he thinks global warming is a myth because in the 70s when he was in school, they were talking about global cooling. They were talking about an ice age coming. And he's like, see, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they but all don't. of a sudden, they when, it's, a, when it's electric cars, somehow one of the, you know, I don't know, right wing youtubers or something that he watches is like <laughs> electric cars are terrible and he's like you know what yeah they aren't doing enough for the environment yep um well coming coming from the guy who radicalized bin laden this this means a lot here yeah yeah he's uh he's got some opinions and thoughts um all right, what what else do we have? We're we're at 18 minutes here. Do do we have more stuff about the Super Bowl or that we wanted to get into before the issues? Uh real quick, I'm not like a huge Usher fan. It is fun every single year I watching my watch it. It's so fun watching the the Super Bowl halftime show with my dad because he it doesn't matter who's playing. He just squirms and complains the whole time. He's like that song is so vulgar. <laughs> Who even are these people? Why don't they get someone Dude, famous? This Why is this is this is so and likes. This is he's, such a like. I just I never would have thought this stuff about your dad. I'd only seen him at the wedding, and maybe I met him for like a little bit. Maybe I you know shook his hand, talked to him, but. He just seemed like a really cool dude, you know, you know, like he's, all that. All, I know all the stuff like, you know, and I know Shiloh like really like loves your family, obviously. And so I just never would have thought. That yeah, was, no, he's a good guy. He's not like red pilled 99% of the time, but like there's certain things that you just bring up and it activates him like a sleeper agent. And he has <laughs> to remind you, you know, that he watches Fox News. But uh, and this isn't even that this isn't even a conservative thing. This is like a. He's an old fart who literally music yeah. newer than 1984 is like new to him. It's like it's like offensive. Like I've shown him stuff from the 80s that he wasn't on to at the time. I've been like, hey, this is the Smiths. This is the music from the 80s that I like. Here's uh, Violent Femmes. And he's like, I don't care for it. Who doesn't like the Violent Femmes? My dad. <laughs> but uh, 
So every year he complains and he's like, why don't they get someone that everyone knows and likes? Like, I agree. I agree. Steely with Dan. <laughs> yeah. I think and he I'm, said like, that last. I've had to explain to him, like, Rihanna is one of the most famous people on earth. Everyone knows these <laughs> Usher songs. And he was like, like the average football fan. I'm like, everyone, everyone but you. But I and I I did think Usher did a good job. I'm not even an Usher fan, but I was like, yeah, that was I knew more of the songs than I expected to. And, you know, it probably wasn't easy, like roller skating like that and changing, you know, outfits that many times. And it was fine. It was fun. But then it's they show all these more famous people in the stadium. It's like, oh, here's Taylor Swift. Here's Paul McCartney. Here's Jay-Z and Beyonce. Here's Justin Bieber, and suddenly See, why I, wouldn't they get these people to do it? I just felt so bad for Usher because it's like, dude, you just on the biggest stage of your life, you like stuck the landing, and everyone's still thinking about what could have been with all these more famous people here. Yeah, yeah i I didn't watch one second of it, so I have no idea what you're talking about when you say he was rollerblading around. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was good. Did he do? Yeah, that's. That's oh, probably of course. the only song I'd care about seeing. That was like my favorite song back in the day. And he had Little John for it. And Little John oh, did what? Turn Down for What? And it was like super hype. That's awesome. I, I told my dad um, about a time that I. Yeah, I, I did... can see how your dad would be watching that. Like, oh, this, is, this, is, this isn't real music. <laughs> yeah. I told him, uh, you know, one time in, in Vegas, I did this song. To, you know karaoke in a bar and everyone was like vibing and rocking to it and they're like oh white boy can rap this is pretty cool wait what song turned yeah. out for what or no yeah, yeah. I, I was doing the the, the ludicrous little genres or the ludicrous rap yeah. at the end yeah. yeah and uh they were like okay okay and then i got back up there afterwards and i just thought it would be funny to sing like the saddest oh. slowest morrissey <laughs> song they had and i just killed the vibe at this bar and i was like you ready to get sat up in here because <laughs> they, um, they were expecting a party you know they're like oh this guy's back oh, yeah he's back um okay so one that you said like white boy and it made me it, it unlocked this memory if i that i have that's a very very funny one so i used to for one summer i did like the nike basketball camp that like high school the best high school players in the country would go to before they went to college Wow! That, like all of the coaches were like there. So I want to brag. Because I, I, I knew like the, I was a friends with like the athletic director at Bishop Chatard and he was blah, 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 blah. I was working it, dude. It was like unpaid, you know? Oh, I was, thought, I thought you were like competing. Yeah, dude. I was competing and like, <laughs> yeah, it was Jeffrey Jordan and I, and all the coaches were watching. <laughs> um, no, I was not. <laughs> no, I was working at like refilling water and like getting Gatorades <laughs> for okay. high schoolers and whatnot. Um, but it was fun. All of the big coaches from around the country were there, you know. So, so you know, I got to meet them. Michael Jordan was there. He told me no, he wouldn't give me his autograph like three different occasions. He kept being like, <laughs> he kept being like, oh, ask me tomorrow. Kept saying no. Um, but anyway, Glenn Big Baby Davis was there. Uh, and he was maybe either at LSU right now, or maybe he had just gotten to the NBA. I don't know if you know who that is. No. He was kind of like the next Shaq for a little bit. Okay. Um, and he didn't 
he didn't end up, you know, being that good. But he won a championship with the Celtics, I think. He was pretty good. But he was a pretty funny guy. And we were kind of shooting around with him. And there was this one, like, dorky kid that was that was not as good at basketball. And anyway, he'd, like, he'd, like put up a the shot. The Zach of the mid- group. He was Zach. And Glenn Big Baby Davis would just be, like, white boy ain't getting no pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> and he just said that like multiple times and it was it was just pretty funny because <laughs> when he'd shoot when he'd shoot and he'd drain it he'd be like pantyhose <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the other kid shoot white boy ain't getting no pantyhose <laughs> it was funny oh uh, man okay that's gotta be we, the most embarrassing thing ever for white boy <laughs> I, I don't you know i don't even know if it was like it was just like funny i don't even think it was like insulting or anything it was just like all in good fun for sure but but yeah maybe it was who knows i'm I glad it that. wasn't i'm glad it wasn't happening to me right <laughs> yeah um okay we should get into it every business says they're better but the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. We're All back. Right. We are back. Issues 93 and 94, wrapping up Deadpool Part 3 and Part 4. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God, dude. Okay, but this actually, we open, and it's kind of it's kind of fun that we've been talking about sports all day today already. By the way, the NBA All-Star Game is today in Indianapolis. Did you even know that? Are you doing... Did I, I even, even know, know that? that? I did not know that until two days ago. It took me two hours to get home yesterday. Of course I know that. Uh, you and Shia, are you guys going to do anything? Go and see see stuff? No. No. no I could yeah, have worked it here. for my job, but Humble I, I, brag. I wouldn't get overtime. Zach was going to go to the NBA All-Star game. <laughs> not to, to watch it. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To compete. I'm in the dunk contest. Um. No, I wouldn't have gotten paid anything because I'm already salary. And then uh, I wouldn't have been able to watch it. I would have just been like in the lobby. So I was like, I'm absolutely not doing that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we open with a full page shot of like, I said a sports announcer type of personality. And he's like, welcome back to the events you've all been waiting for. As we all know, we're ripped up. Well, what's up, Zachary? You have to say something. The Mutant Hunger Games. Yeah, pretty much. That's like what it what it kind of reminds me of. As you know, we were ripped off the air by Mutant X-Men, but we've turned the tables and we've captured the X-Men. Welcome back to Zachary. <laughs> and um, we see a bunch of different like TV screens behind this guy, and they all show like mutants fighting the Reavers. And this is a pretty good opening page. You know, this guy's hamming it up just enough that I kind of like him. Um, and his name is Augustus Beaver. Beezer. What's the... Augustus like, Beezer. I'm, I was trying to think of who he actually reminds me of, and I can't place him. 
He he specifically reminds me of somebody, but I just couldn't think of who it was. I think it's Caesar Flickerman from the Hunger Games. It might it might be because he's such be. a jolly, friendly announcer, like talking about this fight to the death. Like it's you know, there's no stakes yeah. at all. He's just yeah. he just wouldn't rather be anywhere in the world, but right here. Yeah, it might be. He's definitely he's definitely got some good Caesar Flickerman to him. Gosh, who is that guy again? Is that a the actor? Yeah, that is. Oh my gosh, I know who it is. There's a drink named after him. Oh man, is Arnold a... Palmer. That's <laughs> Mr. Arnold Palmer. Gosh, there's some there's some show where they're like Arnold Palmer was a golfer, and he goes, "The man was a drink mogul." I'm sure he did lots of things. That sounds like a sunny quote if That's I've ever scrubs. heard one. That's it's Scrubs. That's oh. Scrubs. Um. Okay, I don't know. I'll. I'll. Uh. Doesn't matter. It's like right on the tip of my tongue, but you know what? I'm not gonna look it up because it's not bothering me that much. I'll try to think of it. Okay, so they captured the X Men. They're back on Krakoa Island, and then we turn to page two. Stanley Tucci. Oh, the Stanley Tucci. That dude. Why'd you have to do that? Son of a. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Now my brain can focus on what we're doing. So we turn to page two, and I would say, Zach, that this is the worst page that we've seen in 93 issues of the Ultimate Spider-Man run. I sure hope the rest of this comic isn't <laughs> like this. I sure, I, I sure hope it isn't either. <laughs> um, there, is just, there is just too much going on on this page. I'll try to describe it for some of the readers that maybe don't like follow along or listeners that don't follow along like in the comics, but this is the longest 14 page issue dude, you've ever read in your life. Dude, I was getting so frustrated with you for making me do this one after like page five. And then I saw that there were only 14 pages and I was like, Oh, thank God. And it did not seem like it. It was. <laughs> um, okay, so there is a full page shot of a humongous battle of all of the X-Men and all of the Reavers fighting each other. And there's just too many characters in it to really, really be able to, like, care and take your time with what's going on. They're all just fighting, basically. And then... What truly, what Zach and I are joking about that truly ruins this issue and and every page is the whole thing on almost every single page, there is like the television broadcast going at either the bottom or the top of the page. And it's just always like a tiny panels that are loaded with text. And it's like the TV broadcast that's happening. So it's like Augustus Beezer talking about what's happening and you know it the the seven panels like change like a television changes was that well explained zach it is and because it's a television broadcast it's all filling in information we already know it's like well as you know greg the mutants are here because we brought them here because we <laughs> hate mutants and so we're gonna kill them right here on tv isn't that swell that's sure right, Bob. We do hate those mutants for sure. And it's like that was three let's pages. Go, right let's there. go let's go live to Deadpool. I hate these mutants and that's why we captured up in reality. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty okay, so well, 
I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it a lot throughout the issue. So, so they're all fighting on this big page and Deadpool's like, hit them high, hit them low Reavers. I've got a case of beer for whoever kills the most mutants. And Spider-Man goes, but I'm not a mutant. Not that there's anything wrong with that, which we know is a joke he's made like seven different times in this, in this run. And then Spider-Man acknowledges that he's ripping off a 10 year old Seinfeld bit, which I thought was pretty funny. And we do get also in that same shot, we get Cyclops kind of barking out orders for the X-Men to get to high ground, um, which which I think last week you talked about Cyclops being like the leader of the X-Men and getting some good characterization in some way. But I think that they do a good job with him in this issue where where you do get the feeling that like X-Men is the leader and this he's like the strategist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Bendis definitely has his favorite characters that he's very good at writing. Like, it comes through with Kitty in this run. It comes through in these issues with Cyclops. And then, like, ten years after this, he gets to write the X-Men. And I actually just finished um, rereading that run, like, the other week. And he's got a book, basically, about Cyclops. And then he's got another book about Kitty, and he writes them well in those too. You know, it's like, you know, his favorite characters, you can tell he puts a lot of thought into like, okay, what would they be saying and doing in this situation? Yeah. And then the trade-off for that obviously is like there are characters here like Rogue who are just drawn and never say or do anything. Yeah. Well, there there are a lot of X-Men, you know. There are. So... And everyone does that. Everyone has favorites and then they have ones that are just kind of relegated to the the sidelines, you know. Yeah. But it's nice when someone gets a good cyclo- like Cyclops, uh, Storm, Jean, Xavier, and Magneto, I think are like the five that you really have to get right to yeah. be a good X-Men writer. Yeah, gosh, you know, that actually brings up that we've seen the X-Men a lot in this run, but we, we've never actually seen Magneto, and he's so awesome. Do we do we see him at all in, in Ultimate Spider-Man? I don't think so. He is pretty active over on the ultimate X-Men side of things, but I don't think he really shows up directly yeah. in ultimate Spider-Man. <clears throat> okay. So that's the stuff that's happening in the picture on this second page. Now in the TV broadcast down towards the bottom, Augustus Beezer is telling the world how the mutants were just ordinary people. But they hate mutants so much they turn themselves into mutants to kill mutants. And somehow this all makes sense to these guys. And and Deadpool's like, think of the willpower, the dedication, the spiritual control of someone who's willing to become a Reaver. These guys are an inspiration. We're going to kill these X-Men today. And I'm paraphrasing a bit, but but just a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make okay. Anyway, I I was yeah, gonna, the, we'll talk about, is, I was going to say one more thing, and then and then we'll talk about how this doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Okay. So then Deadpool goes on this rant about how mutants were born with their powers; they didn't have a choice to like get them. But these Reavers, and it sounds like Deadpool also, maybe they had a choice, and they chose to get mutant powers. So therefore, that's okay. 
and it shows that the mutants should die because they're worse because they didn't get a choice and their logic just doesn't add up here and i actually think i'm gonna give bendis a little bit of credit and i'm gonna say that he is purposefully trying to show how like the logic leaps that like prejudiced and racist people make don't make sense when they have to like actually describe them you know like so bingo yeah yeah they're like oh you ask a racist person why do you feel that way and they jump to like pseudoscience that was discredited a hundred years ago or or some vague feeling that they have and you're like this doesn't make any sense and that's exactly what's happening here people have asked forever well in the marvel universe why is it that people hate the x-men but the avengers and the fantastic four are just okay and it's like yeah that's the point bigotry doesn't make sense yeah okay yeah so so even though this is really stupid to all be saying we'll give bendis the benefit of the doubt of it and say it's purposefully being stupid um and that's so, also the point in the original material with like reavers is it, they're hypocrites you know they hate yeah. these like abominations you know that are are not how god intended people to be made so much that they become abominations which is not how god people and god intended like, people to yeah, be made yeah and they're like actual like abominations yeah they're like robot monsters yeah <laughs> Um, so anyway, Deadpool's still ranting and he's like, my grandpa had a saying for mutants back in the day, called them carnival freaks, said they belong in a freak show. And (laughs) he's just like a racist redneck. (laughs) This is terrible characterization for Deadpool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I know you were probably so excited when I said the next arc is Deadpool. You're like, let's go. Everyone is the first time they read Ultimate Spider-Man and then... This ends up being like one of the most hated. It's like not even Deadpool. There's like nothing, nothing about this character is even like, you know, Deadpool. what we know and love. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's very, very easy to just look at this as like a different character entirely. You know, this isn't really hurting my soul that they did Deadpool like this. Right. But it's one of the most dunked on story arcs of this entire yeah. run and i feel like it's with good cause yeah um okay so deadpool is still talking and he's like they he, he's telling augustus beezer that and the, and the audience at home that they kidnapped the x-men overseas or something to avoid breaking like u.s law which doesn't make sense because we definitely saw them at the x-mansion taking kitty and spider-man from there yep um, so below this absurd mountain of text on the smallest panels in existence, you <laughs> do get a pretty awesome full page shot of X-Men and Spidey running away with Scott barking out more orders to fall back because they're outmanned and outgunned and that this fighting spot is not conducive to all of their powers. And Bright spot in the issue, for sure, I think, is what they do with Cyclops here, you know, because it would even be easy to just be like, 
let's retreat x-men but i really like that line that they give him there where it's like these are not con- you know our powers aren't this isn't a good spot for our powers we need like because that shows just like a bit more strategy and like thought about the team yes people who don't understand the x-men are always like cyclops is boring because they just know him from the cartoon and the movies yeah Yeah. he's only boring if you do him wrong like he should be thinking through things like this you know yeah james marsden's pretty awesome though he 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 redeems cyclops boringness and like whininess because james marsden's just pretty awesome It kills me that the casting for him was so perfect, and then they just did nothing with it. Like, they wrote the worst possible scripts to use James Marston as Cyclops. Did you hear what they did to uh, Halle Berry? No. It was so sh**. She didn't want to return for the third movie because they weren't using Storm for anything, and she's like, I want my character to be cool and matter. And they wrote a fake script to show her that starts with, like, Storm using her weather powers to end a drought in Africa and, like, help people. She's like, wow, that's cool. Okay, I'll sign on for this. And as soon as she signed up, they were like, oh, thank God, we can throw that out the window. And they rewrote it. That is so That's like, (laughs) oh, man. That would have been a better movie. I know, that would have been. (laughs) That is a better movie. Um, oh, what was I about to say? Oh, you know, in the first movie where she's fighting Toad and she's like, what happens to a Toad when it gets struck by lightning? Same thing as everything else. I just don't understand why she didn't say it croaks. Oh, man, that would have been so much better. What what a better line. (laughs) Like, I remember the first time I ever watched that movie. She says the first line, and in my head, I'm like, it croaks. And then she's like, the same thing that happens to everything else. And I'm like, that that's not it. What? <laughs> yeah, those, those movies were so bad. If you're not an X-Men fan, don't judge the franchise based off of anything you've seen in live oh, I action don't, I don't film. Th- I don't think those movies are bad. I still I still like all three of those movies quite a bit i get i get get a lot of fun a a lot of enjoyment out of all three of them even though they're not perfect x2 is all right but uh the others i just see the casting and i think what could have been if it was handled differently that's that's what makes those movies still very good to me and very fun is because patrick stewart is perfect you know ian mckellen as magneto is just perfect they're they're all great What's yeah. the guy? What's Fraser's name? Who's Beast? Oh, Beast! Yeah, ja- James, James Marsden. I mean, all these people are awesome. Kelsey and Grammer, then, and then Hugh Jackman, which we didn't even mention, is is amazing. Yep. Um. Oh. Okay. So where were we here? So oh, we were talking about Cyclops. That's right. You say so where were we? As if anything happens in this issue. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go back into the TV broadcast. Um. So on the next page in the TV broadcast area because like i said in in all of these pages there's like two areas there's the actual like panels that we're used to seeing and then there's a tv broadcast like either at the top or the bottom so in the tv broadcast area deadpool is still ranting about mutant freaks and hunting them like animals and how people in the u.s watch the show the most because we love this kind of 
and uh, their show is downloaded on a lot of podcasts or something. And even Augustus Beezer is getting tired of this because he's like, okay, let's go ahead and check out some of the action. Thanks, Deadpool. <laughs> and it does seem like he kind of like cuts Deadpool off a little bit. <laughs> and then on the actual page that's happening, it's just more random fighting. De- Night- Nightcrawler gets a good lick in on Deadpool, but he's easily tossed away. And then Spider-Man jumps in and saves him before grabbing Kitty and swinging them away. And then on TV, so now we kind of are seeing what's happening in like the jungle area, but it's got like a tint over it. We can tell we're like watching it on the broadcast kind of. Spider-Man and Kitty are hiding out and they're trying to think of what to do. And Peter's like, I could call Nick Fury and Kitty's like, but Fury hates you. And then Kitty says, I could click my heels. And Peter says, well, try that then before Kitty says, I didn't wear my Ruby slippers. And Kitty tells Peter not to break up with her for getting her that for getting them into this mess. And Peter tells her that this obviously isn't her fault. And she's going to want to break up with him when he's grounded for seven years after this. And the, the, the Peter and Kitty screen time, is another just breath of fresh air into this issue <laughs> as always. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's still a lot of fun watching them talk to each other. And, um, yeah, I said, it's a breath of fresh air just between paragraphs of paragraphs of text from Deadpool and the announcer. <laughs> and Kitty brings up a good point. And she says, what did they do with Professor Xavier? What if he... And then she's interrupted by Peter's spider sense going off. And he quickly swings both of them away as an explosion happens right where they were standing. Elsewhere, Cyclops somewhat sneaks up on some of the Reavers and blasts them. But he's easily dispatched by Deadpool and about 10 other Reavers. And then the broadcast cuts to the other Reavers. I... To me, it seemed like there's just an unlimited amount of Reavers. Like, maybe there were like five or six, but then in some panels, there's like ten, and then we see like five get defeated, but there's still like ten more. So, it seems like there's just, there's as many as they need them to be. They're like video game villains. You defeat as many as there are, and then more spawn. Yeah. Yeah. And... So we're in the helicopter with the Reavers. They're shooting at Angel, but luckily Nightcrawler teleports into the helicopter and beats up the Reavers in it. But then I said the helicopter is shot out of the sky, which is what it looked like. It looks like Deadpool and another Reaver shoot the helicopter out of the sky. Um, I guess because Nightcrawler's in it. Yeah, that's that. It must be. They'll just they'll just kill the other Reavers. <laughs> yeah, even though he, Nightcrawler can teleport out of there and their guys can't. Oh my gosh, Zach. I have to make an apology. I have to make an addendum. Because back on page two, I said it was the worst page in Ultimate Spider-Man history. But here, turning the page to this next one, I wrote in my notes. So now we get the worst page in Ultimate Spider-Man so far. It's like 30 tiny panels, all with a ton of text, all in that TV broadcast-like form. And 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through all of them. I paraphrased them all in my notes. I said they talk about Spider Man in the movie, and now he's dating Kitty Pride. And then we cut in with Kitty and Spider-Man and they're trying to figure out what happened with Professor X and Kitty says that he's the most powerful psychic in the world and Spider-Man is pleading with the audience watching to call for help but Kitty says that that is just what they want. I just counted it's 24 pictures and 24 text boxes for a grand total of 48 individual panels on this page. Dude, I I, I don't know who greenlit this like (laughs) this this format that they're doing here um but they were trying to have fun with it and they tried something new and we're not going to fault them for that are we right they just better not do it again (laughs) yes (laughs) um so the reavers are closing into attack but then storm shows up and he and she saves the day she electrocutes some stuff and maybe she explodes some other stuff. And, and it's funny because that's kind of a storm thing is like she's so powerful. She's always just got to show up at the end of a fight. Like you can't have her there at the beginning. You've got to let everyone get their asses kicked. And then when it looks desperate, Storm comes in with her lightning and the, the day is saved. I, I, I liked it. I like a good I like a good superhero show up. And so she 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 gets a big tornado going and it sucks up all the Reavers and then Spider-Man jumps through the tornado and starts beating up the Reavers. And um, dude, I like fell asleep reading these last three pages multiple times. <laughs> I like had to like flip back to the page before and like tried to read it again. And I'm like, who the f- is even talking? I can't tell. And what's happening? And that's that is that is what's what's bad about this broadcasting that they do is sometimes I don't know who's talking, and and I don't care enough to really focus. <laughs> to and, and that's what made me fall asleep because then I'm like, okay, who's saying this? <laughs> um. So anyway, I read this one twice. Um. So. On the second to last page, it's just very similar to the to that very first page. There's like huge brawls going on. All the X-Men, all the Reavers, Deadpool's there. And then I said there's also more TV broadcast panels, but I can't tell who's talking in them and nothing important's being said. But then we do see Spider-Man jump onto Deadpool and begin to take his mask off. And on the last page, we get a big picture. And it's Charles Xavier under the mask. And he says, children, I beg of you, Run! And Augustus Beezer says, we'll be right back. Wow. And that's it. And And, uh, wow. How about that? 10 out of 10. Perfect. (laughs) Perfection. No notes. Um, Okay. Give me, give me what you think here. Dude, I think we did. I mean, it's you. Kudos to you for explaining this issue that I would have done in like four sentences because from where it starts to where it ends, it's just a bunch of fighting and dialogue that doesn't matter. And then like the last two pages where he takes off the mask and it's Professor Xavier is like really all we need to know for the next one. But yeah. I mean, they tried, you know, there's some good fight panels. If you like looking at pictures, you know, maybe, maybe, 
maybe this comic run was like they were giving like Zach his minutes. <laughs> they were letting they were letting the Zach of the office like write write this one. Really, what I think it is is I think Ultimate Spider Man was such a big seller. Sometimes you'll see they break their regular schedule. It's not always one issue a month. Some months they'll put out two issues and then also do the regular issue for the next month. And I feel like this was just one of them where they maybe pushed a little too hard and just had to get something out. And that craziness, that's craziness that they can't come up with a better storyline with Deadpool and the X-Men. I mean, it's like, it's such a waste. Uh, Yeah. I mean, clearly they thought this was going to slap like this is, you know, look at how we're subverting Deadpool. Look at how we're changing up the expectations of what people have, you know, and it's like, no, just don't. Um, okay. So do you, yeah, I said, I didn't like this at all. Cyclops was a redeeming quality. The Spider-Man and Kitty scenes were, were solid enough. Um, but it, it wasn't a good issue what's your writing system you got one five out of ten b-roll shots five out of ten b-roll shots that would be the lowest that we've probably ever rated an issue definitely from the main series yep the ultimate issue where janet gets smacked up is probably lower yeah and um i I really debated between a two and a three on this one, and I'm giving it a three, <laughs> but I'll give this a three out of ten B-roll shots. It it was just no good. I mean, and it was such a slog to get through reading all of those like TV scene shots. And yeah, there was all of the main shots also were not interesting at all. They were all just like giant fights that were going on. Wasn't wasn't good. I'm, worst worst issue for sure. I'm pretty sure in terms in terms of just raw page number, um, the first annual where Peter and Kitty started dating is twice as big as this one and takes less time to read. Yeah, probably this this. Yeah. All right. Should we move on? Issue ninety four. Yeah, let's do it. We gotta finish off the Deadpool saga. The final issue of the Deadpool arc. Man, these Reavers look so disturbing. I mean, it's crazy to think that that you look like that and, like, you're the good guy, you know? Yeah, I bet these dudes weren't that handsome before they got changed either. Do you think that they're, like, Cybermen? I, I know you didn't really watch Doctor Who that uh, at all, but... So, do you think that they know that do you think they're like robot people now or do you think that they still have all of their consciousness i think they at least have enough consciousness to be bigots you don't think it's just like they're programming to kill mutants now i don't. like that's what i'm asking okay okay now i think it's still a choice that they just make you know every yeah. time <laughs> All right. right. 94. This is written by Bendis, penciled by Bagley, inked by John Dell and Mark McKenna, colored by Justin Ponzer and lettered by Corey Petit. Oh, I think I think actually we did. There was one thing that I didn't put in my notes, but 
that happened in the last one that I that I made a mental note to mention it, but Spider-Man says again when some Reavers or Deadpool are like attacking him, he's like, but I'm not even a mutant. And Kitty Pride is like, stop saying that. Okay. It's it's belittling to and and they kind of get cut off by fighting. But um anyway, it's a good little moment. It know. is. You gotta put he's made the same joke like twelve times. Cut it out, dude. Yes. And uh and I think he even said the same thing to the ringer in the first issue of this arc. Yeah. yeah. And that's also good characterization of Kitty. Like I said, Bendis is a Kitty fan, clearly. Um, in the original stuff, she is always kind of, you know, she does her superhero thing like all of them do, but she's very interested in like political messaging and like, I guess, advocacy for mutants. She's always giving big speeches, you know, about like high minded ideals and she's putting people in their place when they say some messed up, you know, even if they don't know that she's a mutant, she's like, well, what if I was? And, you know, this is like that version of her confronting peter which i like good yeah yeah it was good so we return to krakoa where spider-man has just unmasked deadpool and revealed him to be charles xavier and xavier starts to tell the x-men to run away and that he told them to never return to this island and colossus says professor how are your legs working because you know apparently that's that's the most important thing here that's what I th- well, you know, that's what I thought also. You can't tell me that's not the first thing that you think. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. I was like, that can't be Professor X because he's paralyzed and this guy's Deadpool fighting. So, <laughs> yeah, I would have thought, you know, why are you in Deadpool's mask? But whatever. The legs is the dead giveaway to Colossus. And Spider-Man says, wait a second. And decks Xavier in the face to Kitty's horror. And the X-Men start to turn on Peter, but he says, that's how they tricked us all in the first place. And Deadpool starts yelling, kill Spider-Man, he's one of them. And the X-Men realize he's not actually Xavier. Um, I think it took them a little bit because they just, you know, had a blind spot for him. Yeah, it was, it was all, uh, that was all good, you know. Yeah. This was a good little start. I'd expect, and Spider-Man wouldn't have that same blind spot for him. Right. And he's probably got some spider sense going. Uh, and so Deadpool starts shooting at them and shoots through a phased kitty. And Peter reminds her that he has spider senses and she can trust him. And she says, I'm sorry, he just really looked and sounded like the professor. And Spider-Man and the X-Men get a safe distance away. They're just constantly doing that in these issues. They're just constantly making a strategic retreat. And the announcer says, oh, that almost worked. That was Deadpool using his trademark image distortion cloaking device. And we cut to Mojo, the producer of the show, who has the real Charles Xavier naked, chained up, with his eyelids pried open, watching the screen. When I... When I first turn this page, and, you know, usually I, like, just because of how eyeballs work, you, like, scan the page before you, like, read it, or or at least, like, see. I thought for a split second this was going to be Kingpin, and they gave him this silly-ass haircut, and I was like, dude, don't, don't let this guy, don't let this guy be Kingpin right here, please. Are you talking about Mojo? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So... He's supposed to be 
like an interdimensional alien. He's supposed to be this spineless, gross, Jabba the Hutt kind of looking thing. And because it's the ultimate universe, they wanted to go a little bit more for realism. They wanted to change things up. They just made a human who kind of looks like his alien form. So that's why he's got the gross, like, long, blonde dreadlocks. Okay. It's very weird. You look at him and you're like, why? No one looks like that. Especially not like a fat, white well, TV kind, producer in a look, suit. He kind of looks like Kingpin. I mean, he's just like a big guy. He looks like Kingpin wearing a wig. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's because it's supposed to look like his, I guess, like... He doesn't look as good in a suit. Alien he looks stuff. Much fatter. Not as... Not as uh, Kingpin's like a big guy. Yeah. This is a fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> Alien Mojo is like scary and terrifying. When you try and make him look like a human, he's just a goofball. Okay. Well, well, there you go. There's another character they messed up in this run. Yeah, yet another fumble by the offense. Um and so Mojo gives a villain monologue about how he's inflicting justice on Xavier and his pupils and we start to see Xavier cry. Holy I hate this stuff that's happening with Charles Xavier. Like I I hate seeing these like three panels back to back to back of him like strung up and then his like eyeballs and it's just it's good. disturbing. Did you ever see a clockwork orange? No, but I know a clockwork or orange. I like know that know that scene. Yeah, that's what they're doing here. Yeah. Um and uh Deadpool rallies his reavers and asks the announcer where Spider-Man is. And they locate him and say looks like him and the X-Men are headed towards our studio. We'd really like that to not happen. And one of the Reavers shoots Spider-Man out of a tree with an ener energy blast. And this pisses Kitty off. And so she's like, no one hurts my boyfriend. And she charges the Reavers running right through their shots and phases through all of their robotic parts. And this disables their weapons enough for the other X-Men to start beating the shit out of them. And I'm like, that's cool. Why didn't you do that three issues ago? i know that was awesome yeah i was like hell yeah go get him yeah i love it i i yeah this is good yep watching the x-men beat up all these mutant freaks instead of all this retreating kitty could have dispatched them by herself pretty much um and deadpool sneaks up behind kitty and tases her and he aims his weapon at her head and acts like he's about to execute her. So I guess it's a gun and a taser or something, but only the taser gets hurt when she's not expecting it. I don't know. There's no explanation for why he could hurt her, but he didn't use a lethal, you know, attack the first time. Oh, yeah. But he aims his weapon at her and acts like he's about to execute her. And just then Nightcrawler teleports above him and takes the weapon out of Deadpool's hand. And the X-Men continue beating the stuffing out of the Reavers. And Angel grabs Deadpool, flies him up high, and drops him back to the ground. And around this time, Spider-Man re-enters the fight. And now it's his turn to smack the shit out of Deadpool's face. It's just a bunch of cathartic panels of Deadpool getting his well, shit Well, one thing that I think they do a good job is they give every X-Men their... They give every X-Men their moment here, um, except for, I'm guessing, Rogue, because 
you said earlier that like rogue doesn't really get to do anything um which i didn't notice because i even wrote in the notes all of the x-men get a get a good moment here to beat up on something it's almost like bagley and bendis weren't on the same page about who was actually supposed to be there because she only appears in the art no one talks to her no one references her she doesn't do anything for the plot she's just standing around in the background every time yeah um and so i said it's pretty cathartic after two and a half issues of deadpool being the absolute worst and Spider-Man, he's just like punching him in the face. And he's like, what does it take to knock this guy out? And he, again, removes Deadpool's mask. And so last time he looked like Xavier. This time, it's just his actual face. And he looks horrible. He has no skin. His brain is sticking out of the top of his skull. And everything is held together by a clear plastic casing that's like pressed tight around his skull. He's pretty disgusting. Yep. And this is apparently the reason why he respects masks so much. Yeah, I was just thinking that also. And uh, he's like, no, don't look at my face. And he kicks Spidey off of him and starts blasting him again. And Kitty tells Colossus to throw her at Deadpool. And this is a fun little inversion of the um, fastball special, which is like an X-Men trademark. It's because Wolverine is so small. Uh, Colossus will throw him like a football and he'll just like fly into something with his with his uh metal metal body claws out yeah um dude where is where is dead or where is wolverine because we saw deadpool like pretend to be him yeah i guess he's not with the team right now because remember kitty was like oh logan you came back so i guess he's like left the mansion at this point or something okay he's always doing his own stuff um but this yeah, is a- we'd hate to see. We'd hate to see. Well, actually, you know what? I just remembered that if Wolverine shows up, it's not Hugh Jackman showing up. It's like the Wolverine from this universe. So never mind. It's we're fine without him. Kmart brand Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, who molests teenage girls? Yeah. Uh, um, but this is a fun inversion of the fastball special because Kitty's the one that gets thrown, and so Deadpool. Seems like he has the upper hand and is about to kill Peter. And just before he can, Kitty phases through his chest and Deadpool blows up. And Kitty saves Peter from the blast by phasing him at the last possible second. It's cool. We up. We love Kitty Pride saving the day. Yep. She pretty much stopped all of these villains by herself. Or she, at the very least, she got the party going. Yes. So then all the X-Men just came in and started killing them. Yep. Um, and which, the- which which makes sense, because if you put all the X-Men and Spider-Man together, I like their chances against, like, a random group of robot men. Oh, absolutely. Well, like, they should win this pretty easily. Yeah. Even if it wasn't, like, his book and they're the heroes, like... The odds are just in their favor. Yeah. Um, And so the Reavers look like they're about to rally and attack again. And one of them yells, let's do it for Wadey. And they're like, yeah. And gosh, I like totally forgot to mention his name's not even Wade Wilson in this. It's a Wadey Wilson. That's what they call him. That's what the that's what Augustus Beezer calls him. So stupid. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. 
So they see him blow up, and they're like, let's do it for Wadey. Yeah, and, and right before they can do anything, they all get blasted to death. And we see Cyclops and Jean have returned to the group, and he's the one who blasted them. And I kind of had forgotten that Cyclops even got separated from them. But no, they- I've been wondering what he's been up to, because he got, like, captured by all those Reavers and whatnot. Yep, here he is. His shirt's kind of torn like a toga his pecs are hanging out he's his, looking great his, he's never looked better his eyes are smoking uh and the announcer guy looks shocked and just says uh okay maybe we should just and just then the x-men burst through the wall and start destroying the studio um and we get another one of those stupid pages that john was talking about where it's like we see what's happening on the broadcast, but this is the only one that kind of is fun. We've got Augustus Beezer looking at the camera as the X-Men are coming through the wall. I'm, and I'm glad you said this is the only one that's fun because it truthfully is the only one that's fun. If they didn't do that at all, and this was the only page that they put that like type of thing in, then then it would be pretty fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is hilarious. He goes, he looks at the camera and he's like, if you can hear us, the authorities, this is live. We are under siege by mutants. And then Jean Grey shows up and like telepaths him. And she goes, yes, the authorities, please, if you are watching this, please do come and take care of this television show that kidnaps children out of their beds and brings them here to be tortured and killed. She says, my name is Jean Grey. And I don't have to ask you where you're keeping Professor Xavier. I can just look into your mind and take it. I could also tell your mind to stop breathing. But I'm one of the good guys. Lucky you. And then Kitty comes on screen and starts, you know, talking to it. Because she can't, she can't help herself. But, like, you know, get on screen and start messaging. Um, there's actually, like, an alternate universe. Okay. She's not, she's not... <laughs> I like what she says. She's not you're, you say that like she's like some like TikTok celebrity or something and it's like she just can't help herself. She's just got to No, it's funny. You know I love Kitty. Kitty is my favorite comic book character ever, but sometimes it her speeches are a little much. Sometimes they don't hit right. Like I I love Bendis understands Chris Claremont's Kitty does this all the time. And Bendis and Claremont have her do this a lot, which other writers sometimes forget. And I'm like, it's a good character beat. Sometimes it's a little cringy. She can be cringy. She said the N-word like three different times in the 80s because she thought she was making a good point. Wow, that's too bad. It is. She was. She gets a pass kind of because she was like 14 and she stopped doing it after that. And it's like, okay, she learned that that was wrong. <laughs> But um, there is an alternate universe where that was written by Chris Claremont, where she's like the president of the United States. And I'm like, yeah, I could see it. Um, So Mojo looks at his they they just got you didn't even read what kitty said oh yeah what did she say she says something she says hey kids if you're watching this at home watching this televised hate crime you're the reason your life sucks not us sit in the dark and think about that boom 
Mic drop, bitches. I know. She's always dropping a mic. Uh, so that was Augustus Beezer's room. Mojo is like, he's the big boss. You know, he's further into the building. He's in like a more secure place. And he looks at his, you know, he sure, he sure as hell is not, he does not seem like the big boss here. They, he does not do anything that made me think he was more than just like henchmen. You know, yeah, like henchman guarding Professor X is how he was written in this comic with goofy ass hair. He looks like one of the Matrix ghosts, the hair, like the twins from the second Matrix. I'm trying to paint a picture for our listeners. It's Kingpin, but he's bigger. He's in an ill fitting suit, unlike how Kingpin would have. And he has the Matrix twins hair. Yeah, he's not intimidating here. What they're doing is they're really expecting the le- the readers to know who the original uh Omi's here. She says hi. Hi Omaha. These cats have been going after my two donuts all all pod. Oh my god. <laughs> Let them have them. They're they're good kitties. They deserve donuts. <laughs> um yeah, they're really expecting the readers here to know who Mojo is, like, in the original comics, and look at it and be like, hey, that's Mojo. He's like a big, bad, scary dude, because they don't do any work to make this version big and bad and scary. And if you don't know who he is, you wouldn't get that from him. Um, And so Mojo looks at his security guards and he tells them to put a bullet in Xavier's head, but they don't move. And we see that Jean has telekinetically freed Xavier from his power dampening collar. Okay, is that what happened? I was kind of wondering. Yep, it's open, which means he can use his powers. And he's like smiling at the guards because he's in control of them. And the X-Men are running down the halls, being led by Jean, who's in telepathic contact with Xavier. They hear a scream from the other room and worry about him. But it's presumably just him killing or knocking out Mojo. And then they see Xavier back in his wheelchair with a blanket on his lap, rolling towards them down the hallway. And he's also never looked better, Zach. I mean... Charles Xavier is ripped. <laughs> He's got the physique of like a gymnast. Yes. Um and uh Xavier shakes Peter's hand and thanks him for the help. And Nightcrawler says he saw an airfield on the island, and they're like, Great, let's leave. And I kind of like that because he was in the helicopter. He might have gotten, you know, a view from up there. And uh, as the plane takes off, a smoking figure holding Deadpool's mask watches them fly away. And this is one of the few times where I really hope this tease doesn't go anywhere, because I don't need to see Deadpool again. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we see Peter and Kitty cuddling on the plane, and he asks, are you all right? And she says, yeah, it's just the hate. It gets to you after a while. And that night, back in Queens, Kitty walks Peter to his door, and they're talking about how they're finally going to do it. They're going to tell Aunt May that they're dating, and he's Spider-Man. And it's really late. And Oh my whole- gosh, I wonder if it'll happen. Ooh, 
This has never been teased before. <laughs> Sarcasm. Peter's got an awesome X-Men shirt on. He does, yeah. Every time he visits them, it's like they give him a shirt for the school. Yeah, it's great. Um, And it's really late, and the whole house is dark, and Kitty says, maybe Aunt May went to bed already. And they're walking around the rooms, and they're looking for her. And he uh, presses the button on the answering machine, because he sees they got a message. Remember, kids, back in the day, not everyone had cell phones. You had to call, like, the kitchen table, and everyone could hear the messages. And he listens to it, and it's... Do you remember... We've probably talked about this before, but do you remember having to call girls from the home phone to the home phone? And talk to their parents? Oh my god. That was killifying. <laughs> I'm actually lucky that I didn't have much luck with the I ladies. Was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I wasn't about to say that, but I was going to say those like... I think I, I think I'm like three or four years older than you. And that might be just a big enough like age difference to where you probably ha did have cell phones during those first years, like where you might be calling a girl or something like that. So you might have not had to do that. But it, it happened with some of my earliest crushes, which is like good and bad, because it's like, you know, you just have the sweetest intentions. You're just like. Yeah, this is a girl in my class who I think is cute, and maybe we could hold hands someday. <laughs> and, like, you know their parents aren't, like, you know... Maybe, oh. maybe maybe we could, like, say hi to each other at school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, it'd be really nice if you came to my birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. You know okay, their parents we're, we're, aren't, like... We're, da we're dating now. That means nothing, but we just are. Yes. We still don't talk to each other or anything. But we're dating. Yeah, you're as non-threatening as you can possibly be, but also talking to uh, adults is way more embarrassing. Yeah. Um. So, I wonder what's on the answering machine. They're like, oh, let's listen to this. And it's Aunt May. And she's like, Peter, sweetie, you know I went out for a date. It's going really well. I'm going to stay here. You're an adult. We'll talk about this later. Let's go, Aunt May. She doesn't say you're an adult, but like you know, you're you're mature enough. Like we'll 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 have this conversation later. Just go to she bed. Says you're a big boy. Yeah, you're a big boy. That's it. <laughs> go to bed. Be good. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. He's a doctor, Miles Warren. Is that anyone whose name we should know for any reason? Uh, it's the Jackal. There you go. Oh, Aunt May. No. <laughs> Um, wasn't it also, wasn't he Peter's, uh, psychiatrist? Now I'm wondering, I think Ultimate Universe Miles Warren was like, oh, actually, I was somewhat remember that too. Harry's psychiatrist that like hypnotized him. Huh. It was. Holy. Oh my gosh. What so that means that guy that means that guy probably knows that Peter is Spider-Man or he's right? going to hypnotize Aunt May. Or they completely forgot and they just referenced Oh my gosh. So that means Aunt May I don't even want to say it, Zach. Oh, Dude, this guy has mind control. Powers. Don't go there. No, okay. no. Okay. I don't even want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I I hope not. I think it's just um, meant to be an oh, easter egg. Man. Oh, oh, it is. This isn't. This doesn't go anywhere. Like this, 
that seems strange that they would they would have her date harry osborne's psychiatrist and it doesn't lead anywhere i don't know i know it's my role to have been the guy who's already read all this stuff but i haven't read this section of the run that many times i think i've just been through it like once a long time ago okay well anyways they they dodged a bullet and guess what john they got the house to themselves (laughs) wow Everyone in the Parker household's getting lucky tonight. <laughs> um okay, so that was the Deadpool arc. What do we think? Um first issue was pretty good. Right? We liked the first issue. We it was, did. We gave it a nine out of ten, didn't we? Yeah. Second Started issue off was, strong. Second issue was bad. Third issue was probably the worst issue that we've had so far um i i I feel pretty confident saying that and the fourth issue i thought was okay it was good you know it's it's fun watching the x-men beat up on all these people and then and then they they get home and aunt may's out getting laid that's fun (laughs) (laughs) happy ending Uh, for everyone exactly so i didn't i didn't give it a rating scale um yeah god god i hope deadpool doesn't come back too man i just don't care about seeing him again at all so how about um out of 10 out of 10 dead reavers i don't know (laughs) hell yeah uh i'm gonna give this like a six out of 10 dead reavers it's better than the last one i can say that yeah okay i like it i gave it a seven out of ten so that's like my standard average issue score is is about a seven yeah i think Um, this was a little below average it maybe seemed like it was above average or average because it was coming off the back of that last one and and it is it is so far and away better than the last one (laughs) that it is while still not being great yeah all right, and guess what? We get a little tease in the bottom of the letters column. And we love it. We're excited for this, too. Next issue, Morbius. <laughs> Everyone's favorite movie. I've never seen it. So all I know about Morbius is Jared Leto. <laughs> so we'll see how this lives up to the Jared Leto hype. Yeah. If you loved the Deadpool arc, get ready, because now we've got another heavy hitter coming. Dude. Okay, so I think in last week you said that there's this, it's 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 pretty common knowledge that like the Ultimate Spider-Man run starts off like insane, and then it goes downhill. And I was thinking... I, that's well, unfair. That's, it. I think okay. it ebbs and flows. There's, there's, we've seen some of the valleys... But there's still peaks ahead as well. It is well, stronger overall than most comic runs that would be this long. So there's probably a reason for that. It's probably because, you know, they start out with Green Goblin and Doc Ock and Kingpin and wh- whoever else the big villains are. And it's like, man, this is awesome. And then in the middle here, they're like, you know, they could have done Deadpool and that'd be a big hit or two, but they didn't. And then they're like, okay, let's do Silver Sable and Morbius and Hammerhead. Like, yeah, and it's like, I guess I get why they do that, but 
just recycle the old villains and give them some good arcs again. And well, they keep I'm doing guessing, that too. Well, I'm guessing that that's what they will do later on, where you say it ebbs and flows and it goes back up. I'm hoping it's because we get another good Green Goblin run, maybe, or a Kingpin arc, or something like that, where. You know, because it is easier to make good issues when I care about the villains versus, like, this Morbius one we're going to read. I mean, it could be great, but I'm not going to care that much about what's happening with Morbius. I just, unless it's really good, it's going to be hard to, like, build up that same level of excitement as you get with Green Goblin or Kingpin. That's fair. I will say it's not always dependent on the villain the villain doesn't always make a story good we are coming up sooner than you think on an arc that i'm really excited for that has nothing to do with the villain you know the villain is not an a-lister it's not even the main point of the arc wow wow so that means we're either gonna get some peter and mj stuff again or do we finally see peter tell aunt may i don't know we're gonna get a lot. Of, I, we're gonna get know. a lot of movement, a lot of shakeups and changes. Um, well, we made it through another arc of Peter and Kitty together, and that should be celebrated. That's true. Yeah, every every time that they don't break up, yep, we get another issue. That's a W. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, okay, you got anything else? I don't. So next week, did I even write it down in my notes? Uh, Ne- no, I did not. Next two issues, 95 and 96. Morbius. It's Morbin time, as the kids <laughs> online say. I had forgotten about that meme entirely. Should we both watch that movie before before next week? I refuse to. Okay, well then I'm, I won't either. Okay. I would, I would have. I would have if you said yes. I appreciate the dedication to the pod, but it truly... Well, I like Matt Smith a lot. Yeah. But but man, I hate Jared Leto. Oh my god, I can't stand him. I find him so annoying. Just just every canceled. We've done it again. He's going to someday do his own uh Jonestown massacre and we're all going to be like we he should like, have seen run, the he signs. Like runs, he like runs a cult. He absolutely with like, does. With like, with like women and Yes. And every, he just weird. walks around an island dressed like Jesus and they all follow him. Why? What what is what is so captivating to people about this guy? He just seems like the worst. Yeah, he's he's terrible. And I don't understand why he keeps getting work. He's not good in anything he does. <laughs> I mean, I've never met one person who's like, I like Jared Leto. I've just never met him <laughs> or her. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be vulnerable here. If you say 30 seconds to Mars, that doesn't count because that was like before he was a weirdo, right? And they made that one good song. They made they? a few good songs. I have a 30 seconds to Mars CD in my CD case for my car that I never use because I just have Bluetooth. And it's not even the one that you would think it is. It's like one of the later albums because they still made some good music. But I haven't even seen him live. I don't care to. I've heard 
they suck live and he I'm sure that they do because you have to watch Jared Leto do anything. <laughs> he like goes out there in like a white bulletproof vest like he thinks he's so cool uh, and then he's like uh, wearing a cape and he's like pointing at the audience. He's like, "You know this one. Let me hear you sing it for every single song." And he sings like 20% of the time and they have to play it deeper because he can't hit the high notes live. Oh my god. Well, you know, we all get older. That's fair. <laughs> But I can't, I just, so is that what you were going to say? Is that what we're giving him credit for? 30 Seconds to Mars? Yeah, it's not no, a we, great so, band, but it's not as bad yeah, as I well, wish it was. That's not even what I mean. I mean, how does he keep getting work in movies? I don't know. Did you see he climbed? Nobody likes him in anything. Did you see he climbed the Chrysler building as like a publicity stunt? He's like, I've always wanted to do this. And I they just I, let him. I think I, I think I remember hearing about that. And, and. I just don't care. I just can't. I just can't care about anything he's doing. We were in New York and I'm like marveling at the Chrysler building. And I can't remember if it was Shiloh or one of her sisters like mentioned that to me. They're like, oh, did you see he just did that? And I was just like, groan. See, exactly. Here's the thing. If you told me Tom Cruise did that, I'd be like, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Because Tom Cruise is always doing dangerous stuff like that. That could like you know he does his own stunts. He's like known for that, dude. There's yes. some cool. There's some cool shots of Tom Cruise doing some cool stunts. So if he did that, I'd be like, that's awesome. And it's Tom sick Cruise because he's sixty years Tom old. Cruise. Yeah, but Jared Leto doing that, and yeah, it's just grown. Just, just come on, man. <laughs> you nailed it. I could not say that better. <laughs> Tom Cruise should be cringy, but he just. He can't be like the He's man. So endearing. He decided long ago exactly what he wants his life to be, and he's just following that path. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, do we have anything else Spider-Man related? Um. We don't, but we might have some stuff Marvel related. This was a big, do, Zach. big week for Marvel Studios. Big week for Marvel Entertainment. Yep. Can um, I introduce it? Go for it. It's, it's almost perfect. We're based on the comics we just read today. You know, dude, um, our SEO is going to go crazy. Everybody's talking about it this week. Everybody saw it. It's the new Madam Web Web movie. Let's go. We've all been so excited about it. I got I'm, kicked out of my theater for barking I, like a dog. Yep, I painted my face a big web on it. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't even have to ask if you saw this. I already know that you didn't. I'm sure. No. No, I didn't see it either. I heard some very negative things about it, and I'm not going to see it because I don't care about it at all. It's in the same universe as like Morbius and Craven, and it looks like it's in the same universe as that grad student film you always dunk on. I mean, you look at it and it looks like every fan made poster that gets leaked online that's just terrible. That's like what the whole movie looks like in the trailers and stuff. Yeah. I heard it was just like the most boring, uh, nothing, nothing movie ever. There's just no reason to see it. Um, Adam I, Scott, I really like. I didn't even know he was in it, but he's playing Uncle Ben. Huh. If you told me Adam Scott was in a Spider-Man movie playing Uncle Ben, you'd have to like pay me to keep me out of the theater. And somehow I didn't know about this at all, and it's the worst thing ever. I'm realizing right now I would like him as Ben Yurick. That'd be good. Isn't Ben Yurick usually black? Not that 
He can't be, but no. Um, I is think that that's not... just the dead, the Daredevil Netflix movie show. No, he's not. He's not black in this comic run, is he? He is not. The other guy is. The other guy, I, I the black guy. That's what that's like. Bobby Robertson. I know. They're like, who's the white guy and who's the black guy in there? But, um, but yes. That's who I was getting because I was I was think I was watching the Daredevil show and I was thinking that Robbie Robertson was Ben Urick, but you're right. Okay, I I think Adam Scott would be a good Ben Urick. Yeah, I also think he'd be a good Uncle Ben. Yeah, I think he's good in just about anything he does, probably except for this. He should climb the Chrysler Building. I would definitely watch him do that. <laughs> um, I do gotta he should, give he should. He should play the role of Jared Leto climbing the Chrysler <laughs> Building. Um, I do got to give Madame Webb its roses for one thing. Uh, how about the recent live-action Spider-Man movie trend of taking a really, really old lady and just casting a hot, her hot. MILF? We love it. If I, if I had a nickel for every time that's happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's strange that it happened twice. Maybe three. Sally Field is nothing to, you know, turn your head away from. Who's that? <laughs> Sally Fields was, uh, she was Aunt May in the Andrew Garfield. <laughs> oh, was she? I'm just kind of joking, but you know, but she's not like an old lady, like in the Toby Maguire ones. Yeah, a 95-year-old aunt. Yeah, and then, yeah, to a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so we weren't actually going to talk about Madam Web. A bunch of stuff did actually happen. The Deadpool Wolverine trailer dropped, and the X-Men 97 trailer dropped, and something else dropped, right? The Fantastic Four cast. Fantastic Four casting. Okay, Zach, lead the way. All right, so... If you're here because you saw the Deadpool trailer and you typed Deadpool in your podcast app and you saw that this was Deadpool Part 2 and you've waited this long, Ouch. thank you. <laughs> the next 60 seconds are for you, I guess. Wow, these, this actually worked out timing-wise very well it with did. the release of that trailer. I feel so bad for the people who now have listened to us talk for three hours about the worst Deadpool gotcha. in existence. <laughs> um, it was fine. The trailer was fine. Uh, yeah. I, um, it didn't inspire awe from me, but I'll see it. I think one big change that would have made this trailer much better. Cable. Is, is, okay. Is, was that what you would have added in? Cable? I want to see Josh Brolin return as Cable because I think that's one of the more perfect comic book castings we've seen. Yeah. Um, I was going to say when the TVA shows up, you've just got to give us some TVA agents that we saw in Loki and the, the, the boss TVA person with the white hair that he talks to get Owen Wilson to do that. And all of a sudden that's a way better, more interesting, like more connected, you know, story to everything. I do like the idea that it's like a big agency, you know, there's more than like four people that work there, but I get okay. what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just surprised no, they I, use yeah. the TVA at all. I had just heard about, I, I think Zach's going to ask if the MCU's back 
he's he's been asking it. He's been asking it all week. Way to steal my thunder. <laughs> Sorry. Do you you want to go? <laughs> Is the MCU back, John? I don't think so, and I don't think it'll ever be back because the everything's just spoiled nowadays. You know, I don't even go out looking for this stuff, but I already knew the storyline. Deadpool has to get Wolverine and they're doing stuff with the TVA to like get into the main universe or something or other. And gosh, it's been like that for like every movie since like the amazing Spider-Man Andrew Garfield movies where they just started putting everything in the trailers and that's just no fun it's no fun to go and and see you know that was one of the reasons i just find it so hard to like really love like the spider-man movie that came out with the spider-man and the villains and the doctor strange movie because you just know what's going to happen before it even happens the old villains show up and then the new spider-man show up and then they're they're gonna win and that's what happens right and it's just like boring to it's boring to to watch the movie knowing what's going to happen and it didn't used to be like that and i don't think it'll ever go back to that to yep. i think that's a problem with studios now they want to put more stuff out to get people in the theater and it has the opposite effect yes i agree i was going to say or so that's that's one thing that happens or people generate so there's the information that gets leaked by the studios and then there's like the fan theories that just get created for clicks and it's almost impossible to tell the two apart. So you can tell everyone what's in the movie and like for Dr. Strange be like, Oh yeah, there's going to be different versions of different heroes. We're going to have Patrick Stewart show up. We're going to have John Krasinski be, um, be Mr. Fantastic. And that's like legitimate leaks. But then also people can say, yeah, and Deadpool's going to be in it, and the X-Men are going to get revealed, yeah. and Spider-Man's going to show up, and it's going to be a part one of two. And all these lies come out, too, that also get people's expectations way up here. So when it only meets the first bar of like what was actually leaked, but you don't, you don't provide on like the rumors that then people bought into— you go yeah, into something that true. should have been like, wow, this was a huge reveal. If you had Dude, no information, it seems disappointing. It's crazy to me in that spot in the Spider-Man No Way Home movie that they didn't save. Ev they didn't try their hardest to save everything. Even like Doc Ock and the Green Goblin coming over. They didn't. The best part of that movie was when Matt Murdock showed up as Daredevil because I didn't know. That's the only part of that movie I didn't know that was coming. Yeah. But, uh, dude, I still remember reading a leak for that movie, which you could say is my fault, but it's also the studio's fault. Got to protect your stuff. But I was reading it and it was like, it was like, maybe this is a leak, right? It might not be true, but it's a, it's a leak. And it, and it was like, Peter is going to go to Dr. Strange and ask him to do a spell that deletes everyone's everyone's memory of him. And then while the spell's happening, Peter is going to mess it up and ever blah, blah, blah. Exactly what happens. And I remember being like, that is so dumb. Yep. Why would Dr. Strange do this stuff for Peter? This seems, this seems like the most like 
we have to get from A to B. How's how is any way that we can get from A to B? And then this spell messes up and all these characters come in. And it's like none of this makes sense at all. And then that's what happened. And it's like, oh my gosh. This is... But I just don't I just don't think these movies are as good as they used to be. I'm a hater. I'll say this. If anything was going to save it and bring it back, it would be Deadpool and Wolverine and the introduction introduction of the X-Men and the introduction of the Fantastic yes. Four. Like yep. these are it, like what you said about this ultimate Spider-Man run. Oh, no, we used all the good villains at the beginning. The MCU didn't actually do that. You know, it it elevated second tier heroes at the beginning and made them A-listers. And now you've got people that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would have really got people excited. You've got the X-Men and the Fantastic Four coming in. Yeah. And you have a yeah. chance to do it right. That's that's They've just got to go back to creating movies like one at a time. Not They have to like, obviously they want all the movies to flow together, but they've got to just do individual movies that make you care about the individual characters and not just be like, what's going to happen in the post credit scene. That's going to lead to the next one because that's how most of the original, like MCU ones were. It was always like, like, dude, that's why those movies will never not be great for me because I love Captain America and Iron Man and Thor so much. And like that whole storyline up until Endgame was just like phenomenal. And then they just stopped caring about you caring about the characters, you know, like all of a sudden there's an Eternals movie with 10 main characters that they're never going to do anything with again. There's Shang-Chi that gets one movie and it's been like six years since we've seen him now. And he's supposed to be one of our main guys. Like we don't even know him or care about him. You know, the only people that, that could really like that I would really care about seeing like team up are spider-man and doctor strange i mean they're the only two that people really care about anymore so i don't know they've they've got to do something differently they need a good introduction to the fantastic four and then they probably need to give them a second movie like a year and a half later which i know is like impossible to do in today's day and age but that's just, they've they've just got to make like good good trilogies for each person like you know well and it's weird that they you know Endgame was so big in scale and did so well at the box office. They were like, we have to do another Endgame. We have to go to Secret Wars. But you're going to have to completely change what Secret Wars even is. Because if you're just trying to do Hickman's 2015 Secret Wars, that worked because of like 60 years of Fantastic Four history. Like that Secret Wars is a Fantastic Four event that happens to include the rest of the Marvel Universe. It's a love letter to the Fantastic Four and their relationship with Doctor Doom. And we're now saying we're going to establish that in a single movie nine months before. I don't buy that, you know? Yeah. It's always it's always the uh, results and the IP and the content comes before the art in their minds. And I just long for the day that it... it doesn't work like that yeah yeah i don't know i hope i hope they're all really good again but uh i just don't it's just a different time you know yeah. like it's i also i don't hate 
Pedro Pascal. I know there are people. Oh, what do you think of all the casting? Love him. I, I guess I'm fine with all the other Fantastic Four actors. I'm not a huge actor guy. I don't know that many actors, but it's Neither been possible to really avoid know. Pedro Pascal because he's in everything now, and I don't. He's not, he's not my favorite. I don't see it. You know, I don't. I'm not a hater. I'm not like he can't be Reed Richards, but it's like that's just not what I ever would have pictured i kind of agree um but i've only seen him in he was in one of the kingsman movies and then he was Was in the one yeah he was in the second one where they like go to the american version of kingsman he's he was he was the guy with the lasso oh i didn't even realize that yep um and then and then he was in wonder woman and you know neither he doesn't I didn't I mean, I don't realize know that much about Reed Richards. Of those, I've seen those. You didn't know he was the he was the main guy in Wonder Woman. I guess I wasn't aware of him as like a person when I watched those movies. <laughs> I think of him from The Mandalorian and that movie about Nicolas Cage. Is he in uh, Unbreakably Cool and whatever that movie's called? Yeah, he's Art. he's like the co-lead. That's where that. Oh my gosh, dude! I have to that see that meme movie. of them smiling at each other and the car comes from. I don't even know that meme, but, oh, I, it's but I want I want to see the Nicolas Cage movie, the unbearable weight of great talent. Or yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. what it's called. Yeah, it's worth a watch. I'm sure it is. Um, but you know, they're actors. I he could he could be a good. Reed Richards. I don't know anything about Reed Richards or Pedro Pascal, but I know that they're actors, so <laughs> that's know. right. It's going to come down more to what the writers do and what the def- studios def- do. Definitely. Yep. They've just got to make a good movie, and that's my biggest hope with Deadpool and Wolverine is, even though this trailer did not excite me very much, um, I have a lot of hope that Ryan Reynolds will make sure that they make a good movie like i think if he's gonna if he's gonna be a part of this he's gonna make sure it's good he's not just gonna show up and like take a humongous paycheck which i'm sure it is i'm also a little scared that they're gonna try and cram every single x-men story or character into this movie which doesn't work um cassandra nova is gonna be the main villain of it she kind of got teased for a second in the trailer that's the most confusing character you could possibly have. I don't know how she's going to fit into a Deadpool movie. John, she is Charles Xavier's evil twin sister that he killed and absorbed in the womb. Yeah, but I've I heard a little bit about this this past week. How are you that's going a, to do that odd. in a Deadpool movie? That's wild. Maybe... It's another universe where she absorbed Xavier. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. It's, it's very much a choice. But, yeah. We'll see. It might work out. It will be hilarious to me when general audiences know the name Cassandra Nova, like how they suddenly everyone knows who Thanos is. You know, that's hilarious that to me. That is funny. Um, I hope it's good. And X-Men, okay, so we did Fantastic Four, we did Wolverine and Deadpool. What about X-Men 97? Oh, man. Uh, This is probably the thing that I would say has the best chance of being good, because 30-minute animated episodes, I mean, you can 
churn those out, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was so nervous about it for so long because the main writer, he kind of got dragged by X-Men Twitter a while back ago. His uh, thesis on the franchise is just very different from mine and a lot of other people's. But I'll give him props. He's, he does know the comic's history, and it seems like he's, you know hitting on some stories that are really, really good that haven't been adapted yet. Um, so it might go some interesting directions. It got so much hate, though, for Morph, the uh, the shape-shifting character that was created for the show back in the 90s that's hardly ever been used in the comics. Morph does not have a fan base. There's no diehard Morph fans out there that you needed to please and get him right. They said, yeah, Morph is non-binary now in this show because he's a shapeshifter. Morph can be anyone. Morph can be anything. The first time we saw Morph, it, it, he was like hum, like uh, male, male, and then he turned into Jubilee. So now Morph is, I don't know Morph's pronouns, but non-binary. And it's like, that makes sense for a shape-shifting character. They just did a story in the comics where... They retconned that Mystique had assumed a male form to become uh, Nightcrawler's father. And. What? <laughs> it, it was the original intent with the character from back in the 80s. They were just like finally brave enough to do it. For Mystique to. Mystique be is. Nightcrawler's father? Nightcrawler's father. Oh, I guess they look, look sort of similar. Oh! Oh, so she assumed a male form, yes. had sex with a lady, yes. and then that lady gave birth to Nightcrawler. Yes, which is and what then, fans had then, wanted for a long time, because it undoes a retcon that everyone hated. Well, that's fine, but that doesn't mean Mystique is now, like, a non-binary character. Mystique transforms into people all the time. Right, I'm just saying Morph is, Mystique, right? Morph is similar. I mean, she can be. I don't care, yeah. Zach. It can be. The point is, a shapeshifter in general is the easiest person to say they're non-binary. And Morph is specifically the shapeshifter that no one was going to get... No one should have gotten mad. Like, you just ruined my favorite character. And of course, there's losers out there who are doing that, who are like... Who are still... They're just, you know, trashing this. They're like, X-Men went woke. And it's like... Do you what not know what X-Men's whole deal has always been? Okay, you know, that just that very comment that you just made, it, it brought something up that I think we've probably even talked about before or at least mused about it before. But I think movies also are too political now, Zach. Not, not, they just, they're just too heavy handed with their politics. Like exactly what you just said. X-Men has always been political. So have all of these different comic books. I mean, it's like impossible not to be when you have like good guys versus bad guys. There will be political themes in every single thing. And in all of the early MCU shows, MCU movies, they're so political if you look into it. Like Tony Stark is like an arms dealer that is giving weapons to terrorists, you know, from America. Captain America is like, you know, he's literally a part of the military. Like, all of these movies are political in some way, but they just aren't heavy-handed about it. They don't, like, have someone look into the camera and be like, 
girls get it done, you know, or something like that, or just, you know, it makes, it always makes me think of my sister and I always laugh about the Captain America winter soldier scene where Sam is like looking, it's the very end. And he's like, you've got to do better, Senator. <laughs> and it's like, dude, oh my gosh, we get it. Uh, it goes uh, back to, it's, again, it's the just... difference between like authentic art and checking the boxes off exactly this is the fan service we want to hit exactly it's like x-men should be political but it should be political in an authentic way because that's the point of and it's better to write and it's better to write something that when your audience is on the way home in the car they're thinking about it and being and, and you know it actually might like influence what they think about the world but when you just sit there and spout values and like talking points to the audience then people are like this has gotten way too political and they're not wrong about that you know because it goes from like being subtext to being the actual text yeah and that's just another reason that i don't think that these these movies will ever be as good as they were because i just think writers they 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 don't have as good of writers probably as they used to or, or yeah like you said now they're just checking boxes it's probably know? the writers are probably good i would bet there's suits high up who think they're writers who are probably. like oh you probably. gotta throw this line in there you know it's like at the end of um the that last star wars movie where they make kylo ren and ray kiss before he dies and i think the director had some line where he had told like a suit at disney i don't know who you think they forced him to put that in there and he was like i don't know who you think you're pleasing with this scene but it's not the fans yeah (sighs) you could apply that to so much that they do you probably you 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 probably could but truly people who were like you ruined morph uh this isn't true to the character i loved morph morph was my favorite and you just (laughs) made him woke Go touch grass, buddy. You didn't know who Morph was. Just no admit way. it. No it doesn't way. matter. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait. So wait, is so Morph is non-binary now, and we're gonna get him in this in this show. I love it. Yep. I love making dorks mad. And they did other woke things like uh, make rogues fat ass flatter, and <laughs> people are finding the weirdest things to be mad about. Oh, I'm not as attracted to this comic book character anymore. This whole country's gone woke. Damn it, man. What do I have to do now? Look at the other 10 pages of rogue porn on the internet. Gosh. All right. What else do we have? Anything? Did you uh, listen to the jam of the week last week? No. Okay. What's the new jam of the week? The new jam of the week. Uh, I'm gonna say I'll do the jam of the week. Okay. Here's one that I've here's one that I've been jamming to. I'm sure it's a really old song, but that doesn't mean that you know I just found it. So, but it's called "Magic in the Hamptons" by who? And it, huh, I don't know. "Magic in the Hamptons" is by Social House, and you know it's a, featuring Lil Yachty. And it's just it's just a good vibe, you know. It's a good like 
partying in spring break, you know, just vibing on the beach type of song. So, so how's that for a jam of the week, Zach? (laughs) I love that you pronounce the C and the H in Little Yachty. Uh, But I'm no better. Now you said little, like, you know, a white boy. Little Yachty. (laughs) It's Lil, but I can't bring myself to say Lil. Yeah. Okay, should I send us out? Do it. Maybe you could put... Maybe you could put... I I want you to add two things in editing. Okay, first thing, when I mention Madam Web, I want you to put thunderous applause over the top of it. Okay. And then maybe for the outro, you can you can play Magic in the Hamptons, and we'll just pay them, pay them whatever that copyright. Yeah, is. we'll have to figure out how that works. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you so much, to Ian Hickey, for our music, and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And thank you to all the webheads for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. You can find us the first read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And you can come and chat with us and leave us a comment on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. See you next week. See ya.